Hi, I'm Christine Langford, and welcome to the Rest Stop Podcast. This podcast is a part of Traveling with the Father, which provides inspiration and resources for Christians to serve others and draw closer to God while they travel. Today, I'm giving you a sneak peek at a free resource that I'm providing my Substack newsletter subscribers entitled Traveling with Sorrow. Sometimes, the happiest time of the year can also be the hardest. Whether facing the loss of a loved one, a chronic or life-threatening illness, the loss of a job, or just the holiday blues, you might be struggling to jump into the festivities of the season. I'm praying that this three-week audio devotion series will allow you to place your heartaches and losses before the Lord, that it will allow Him to comfort you and provide hope for you this Advent season. The link to sign up for my newsletter is in the show notes. Grieving in the Dark I don't like crying in front of anyone, even my husband. That said, my children do tease me about crying during The Ultimate Gift or Little House on the Prairie. However, I rarely shed tears of personal grief or pain in the light of day. Instead, I lie in bed, crying silently in the dark. Darkness, like TV shows, seems to give me permission to mourn, to let the tears of frustration or loss flow freely. Lament, a mournful or sorrowful song, makes up a large part of the Bible, a way that God's people processed their pain. Sometimes they mourned national disasters, sometimes a personal loss, but many laments were just cries for help. In lament, the petitioner comes to God with his or her authentic pain, not pious words of grief, but raw emotions. Yet most also express confidence that God will eventually answer him or her. That confidence is what distinguishes the lament from grumbling and complaining. Psalm 88, however, ends a little differently than most of the lament psalms. As you listen to the psalm, notice the darkness in the imagery. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? 
but I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Psalm 88. This psalm does not end on a hopeful note praising God. Sometimes we just have to acknowledge where we are, that darkness is our closest friend. And yet, can beauty and goodness also be found in the dark? Barbara Brown Taylor makes this argument in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, because sometimes God shows up at night. She explains that the Bible uses a word for God that means deep darkness or heavy cloud. The Bible only uses this word, a Raphael, for God's presence. The first time we see the word used is in Exodus, when the Israelites wait at the foot of Mount Sinai. Moses approaches the thick cloud where God was in Exodus 21-22. When he returns, he delivers the commandments that God gave to them and describes God as speaking from the midst of fire, of the cloud of the thick gloom. Deuteronomy 5.22 This same cloud descends when the priests bring the ark to the temple. Solomon reminds them, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a thick cloud. 1 Kings 8.12 and 2 Chronicles 6.1 The Israelites could not withstand seeing the complete glory of God. Neither can we. To a certain extent, God will always be wrapped in a fog of mystery. Paul describes our human understanding as seeing through a mirror darkly in 1 Corinthians 13.12. In addition to wrapping his glory in darkness, at times God uses the darkness to reveal or bring forth his purpose. Darkness permeates the events leading up to and immediately following Jesus' birth. The angel came to Mary at night and spoke to Joseph in a dream at night. The darkness of Mary's womb nurtured Jesus. The wise men had to follow the star at night. If God could use darkness to reveal his glory or fulfill his purpose, he can also do so in your life. As we begin this Advent season, consider the role of darkness in your life. Perhaps, you might catch a glimpse of God's glory in this dark cloud. Let God's presence within the darkness give you permission to let your tears fall freely. Let us pray. Lord, we are struggling in the darkness. We are angry. We're hurting. Yet darkness is not dark to you, O God. You see us in the darkness. There is nowhere we can ever go where you are not there. Enable our eyes to see your signs in the darkness, just as Mary, Joseph, and the Magi did. Help us to feel your presence in dark places and guide our steps. Amen.
Again, this devotion is from my Traveling with Sorrow audio devotion series. In addition to the private podcast link, you will also receive a digital PDF with activities to help you go deeper if you wish. These are free for my Substack newsletter subscribers. You can sign up in the link in the show notes. May the God of all comfort travel with you this holiday season.